Before we get into this episode, I wanted to take a minute to address the ongoing wildfires that are taking place across Canada and impacting uh, people all over the world. We have already seen earlier in May 2023 that Calgary had the worst air quality in the world. More recently in June 2023, some of the wildfire smoke had drifted down to the United States and New York City had the worst air quality in the world. Wildfire smoke has also now been reaching parts of Europe. It is a global problem, and it's going to continue to get worse as long as we don't address our carbon emission problem. It's impacting how we do our sports. For a week, I couldn't go outside. I couldn't go for a bike ride. I couldn't go outside for a run. I couldn't go outside for a hike. It impacts how we do our sports and how we will be participating in our sports in the future. Air quality is bad. Bad air quality is obviously bad for our health. And if we don't address it, It's going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. To put it into perspective, this year, there have already been 2,214 wildfires that have already blackened more than 3.3 million hectares of Canadian wildland. This is more than 5 million American football fields worth. The the previous 10-year average for this time of year was 1,624 fires and 254,000 hectares burned about 13 times less than 2023 so far. Fires in 2023 are equal to 71% of the total burn for the 2014 season, the worst in the past 20 years. And we still have three months to go of the 2023 wildfire season. In cities like Calgary, where I live right now, there have been an enormous number uh, of uh, smoke hours in Calgary since and, you know, in the last decade, the average between 1981 and the year 2000 is 12 smoke hours per year. In, 20, in 2017, it was 315. In 2020, it was 115. In 2022, it was 123. It keeps going up. You know, it's obviously, you know, it's not every year. Some years are better than others. But if you know, if you look at this chart that I'm looking at, that will be that will be in the show notes. It has increased dramatically. We must address our carbon emissions, otherwise, you know how we participate and how we do the sports that we love will have to be changed entirely. Ever wonder the true power of sports? Well you come to the right place. Welcome to the Sports for Social Impact podcast. I'm David Thibodeau, and I believe that by exploring the intersection between sport and society, we can better leverage the sport industry for maximum impact. We explore what sports' true power is to understand the impacts on and the impacts of sports on society. Join me as we learn how sports can influence important policy areas such as the environment, transportation, education, and so much more. Global Sports Week is back for a 2023 edition, this time in partnership with VivaTech. The focus this year is on innovation and tech in sport and how the sport industry can leverage innovation and tech to further their impact, their reach, and their purpose. Global Sports Week is the global rendezvous for sport industry leaders. So first we talk 
to Cedric Girard, who is the CEO of Global Sports Week, about what we can expect to see and hear at this edition. And then we talked to Rithik Sinha, who is a young sport maker for this edition, who, who was coming to us live from Global Sports Week in Paris. He told us what he was seeing, what he was hearing, and what he wants to see from sport leaders in the future. I have two very different pieces of news to share today. The first one is a really interesting policy initiative coming out of Scotland. So the Scottish government has launched what they're calling a fan bank. So football fans are being given the chance to buy a share of their club and help shape its future in a newish initiative known as the fan bank. Falkirk Supporters Society has been awarded a £350,000 interest-free loan as the first beneficiary of this program that allows communities to buy a share of their local sports club so that they can have a bigger say in how they are run. Formerly constituted fan groups who are considering fan ownership can approach the Scottish government to discuss their proposals. All applicants will be assessed on a case-by-case basis to ensure proposed loans are supported by a robust business plan and the ability to repay the loan. The fan bank will also look at, uh, they will also provide financial support in the form of loans, which will help facilitate the transition for sport clubs to community ownership by formally constituted fan organizations and is, and is intended, where appropriate, to help clubs move towards a more stable and sustainable form of ownership. So I think this is a really interesting um, initiative because it's it's helping give fans more say in how the clubs are run. Uh, I, you know, I'm not exactly sure uh, why this policy was initiated, um, but I think it's really interesting. You know, it's a really different form of ownership than what we are traditionally um, used to for, for sport, for sport teams and clubs. But I think it's really interesting to reimagine how we can uh, own and, uh, you know, that operation model for, for clubs. So that, you know this this policy initiative is really aimed at getting more fan, giving fans a bigger say in how their clubs are run. So the second piece of news is coming from the Ocean Race. So they they are doing uh, they're they're currently doing their uh, their world race, and it's really interesting what they're doing. So teams that are sailing around the world are collecting water samples. So first, I think this is really interesting, uh, you know, a really interesting intersection between sport and science. So these samples will help us better understand our oceans and how they are changing due to climate change. They have a really cool interactive web page that shows the data that collect the oxygen saturation of the oceans, sea t- surface temperature, salinity, carbon dioxide in the water. Uh, it's, you know, very interesting stuff. But the article that really caught my eye was that they are also measuring plastic pollution in the ocean as they go. So up to 1,900 micro, microplastics per cubic meter of water have been found in samples collected by teams during the initial legs of the race. During the previous edition, uh, samples ranged from, 500, or from 50 to 100 per cubic meters of water, with levels thought to be up to 18 times higher this time around because of an increase in microplastic pollution and improvements in the analysis methods of technology. This edition is also analyzing microplastic fibers, which are incredibly prevalent, while the 2017-2018 edition did not test for those. So in 18 times higher, you know, yes, there have been advancements in how we're measuring and the technology being used, uh, so that, you know, that's going to account for some of it, but 
18 times higher than 2017, 2018 is a huge jump in microplastics in our oceans. So I think this is really interesting that they're measuring this. So the ocean race is contributing to scientific data to the Ocean Decade Odyssey Project, which is an which is endorsed project of the UN Decade of Ocean Science for Sustainable Development, 2021 to 2030, and supporting efforts to reverse the cycle of decline in ocean health and create improved conditions for sustainable development of the oceans. This is all really interesting stuff, and I love hearing about these innovations in sport and how they can better contribute to our better understanding of our oceans and our natural environment. So hopefully this information uh, will be able to help us combat climate change and help us save our oceans and implement policies and tools that will help us going forward um, and yeah, and protect, the, and protect these spaces for the biodiversity that lives in it and you know, the environment that, that we live, that we use on land that is you know, very regulated and, and tied to the health of our, our oceans. So that is the uh, news for this episode. And now we will get back to the episode with Global Sports Week. So welcome today to my guest, Cedric Gerald, who is the Managing Director of Global Sports Week. And he is in his final preparations for Global Sports Week 2023, which is happening uh, next week when we're recording this podcast a little bit before Global Sports Week. Um, so we're looking forward to getting his insights um, all about Global Sports Week 2023, what we can sort of expect, what the conversation is going to be like be like, and, and everything like that. So um, Cedric, I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Um, take a second to just to tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Hi, David. It's a pleasure to be connected with you. Um, uh, after we met in 2020 in the first edition of Global Sports Week, when you have been the first promo of the young sports makers, the famous ones, because this <laughs> event is very much about bringing the youth, young leaders uh, in the center of the stage. A um, little bit about me, I'm a marketeer. I love historically the marketing in all these aspects. I had a chance to be in the FMCG industry, Unilever, Coca-Cola, and I had a chance to move into the sport industry where I've been working in the equipment side. Decathlon, for the ones who know this uh, French uh, a retail leader uh, and Nike, which is uh, very well known, of course. Uh, and then I've been working, working more on the innovation side of sports, impact side of sports, which is becoming more and more important. And for that reason, I joined uh, Global Sports Week first as a supporter of Global Sports Week and then now as a, as a CEO of Global Sports Week uh, since July 2022. Amazing. So yeah, you've been in this position for just under a year now um, and a lot, and you know, you're getting ready for the, this is the fourth edition of Global Sports Sports Week. And, and yeah, just thinking, you know, I always think back and I talk about my experience as a young sport maker a lot in 2020 and just the conversations that, that Global Sports Week really opened me up to and, you know, all, all the insights from global sports leaders. Um, it really just changed my perspective on what sport can do and the power of sport, which is, you know, definitely part of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast and, and explore that, explore those conversations even more in depth. So, um, yeah, my, my, my experience at Global Sports Week, I, I definitely look back very fondly on. Um, so yeah, so getting into it. So what are you most looking forward to for Global Sports Week 2023 edition? Like, is there, uh, you know, tell us about um, you know the different the different uh, areas of focus that you're that you're talking about. Like, is there anything really specific that you are excited about? Yeah, um, 
it's a big change what we do in 2023. What we learned from what we did between 20 and 22 is that sports has more power in society than ever. Two, that sports need to transform, positively transform, ideally for better impact, but also for survival in some cases, to fight in the fan race and win the fan race and the viewing race and the engagement race. Um, so sports need to evolve as much as the world society needs to evolve because there are many shifts that makes the role of sports, the rules of sports, it's feel, this field of play very different. So to embrace all those changes, it was very important that all the sports stakeholders meet at one spot, one place, discuss, change their usual ecosystem to get more insights. But if you think about this mission, the best thing that could happen to sports is that it meets the, the innovators of this world. The ones that understand what's going to happen on the robots, on the artificial intelligence, on the platform engagement, on the storytelling techniques, on the health uh, solutions, mm -hmm. on the disease that might happen tomorrow, on the femtech, on the climate tech, all of those shifts needs to be understood for sports leaders. The chance we have is that those energies are already gathered in one place that is Viva Technology, which is for the ones that are more on the North American side of the world, close to the CES, Viga CES for Europe. So we decided that if we want to embrace the future of sports, we need to bring the future of sports in the future of economy. Mm. Two legacy we hope. One legacy is two impacts. One impact is that the full economy understands the power of sports. And that sport can be seen as a vehicle for change. Two, that the sport industry would be inspired to change faster in the most positive way possible through the inspiration of all those innovators gathered at Viva Technology. So for that reason, we made this partnership with Viva Technology event, which is a very large event compared to Global Sports Week. And we have this Future of Sports gathering, the Future of Sports conference program, networking, showcasing, uh, that's gonna happen for four days. So it's gonna be uh, one of the largest, longest <laughs> event for the sports industry. Okay. Yeah. So it really sounds like you're moving more focus on the tech and the innovation side of sport and how that plays into the future of sport rather than, um, which obviously does um, also relate to, you know, the impact of sports and, and sports being able to scale up and impact and reach more people and, and, and leverage that their, their own power um, and, and using these technologies to, to have a positive impact on our, on our society. So that's, that's really interesting that, that that's the way that you're moving in. Um, so you're bringing back Young Sport Makers again for another edition. Um, yeah. Why, why, you know, why, what, what do you think is so magical about the Young Sport Makers? Like, why do you think it's so important to keep them, bringing them back each time? Uh, what's important is that we inspire the new leaders 
in that we inspire the new generation of sport leaders that we change the industry for the coming 20 to 30 years. We don't have to fix urgent issues. We have to change the direction. We have to think again about the business model. And to do that, we need the young generation on board. That's the first reason. The second reason is that the, this young generation that is entering the sport industry needs to really understand the purpose, the impact they could have through sports. And they need to be connected fast to the highest level of the sport industry because it tends to be an industry where the age counts a lot. <laughs> Even if we have the athletes that are very young, very leader, when you get to be in governance, you have 70-year-old, 75-year-old leaders that are still in their place, which is good, actually. There's no problem about this. It's just that they need to be working with the young generation very close to them. So we make this, this link shorter, closer, so that they, they, they really understand this new generation and hear about them. So that's mainly for the reason we do that. I would also add that it's a way also to shake a bit more the discussions. When you have one moderator moderating a session, of course, he has this link to the guys he's interviewing. It's difficult for him to be sort of good cop, bad cop, or <laughs> shaking moderator and very round and positive moderator at the same time. So bringing this new generation stage as a moderate in a moderation role gives more openness to the questions, to the feedbacks, to the conclusions that happens on stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, definitely agree. And I think, yeah, I think the young form makers, just from my own experience, are definitely, you know, really key on, yeah, as you say, say, shaking up the conversation, you know, changing the conversation a bit, a little bit, asking the pointed questions, being able to intervene and give feedback sort of like right on the spot and, 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 uh, yeah, I guess like challenge challenge the way that we're thinking about sport and the way that we want to do sport um, moving forward. So I totally agree. I think it's I think it's really interesting. Um, so for this edition, what what do you hope that this year's Global Sports Week will spark uh, in terms of change in the sport ecosystem? Hmm. Um, we have very specific missions uh, that we identified. One mission is, of course, that people can get what is tech for sports. Because tech is really much helping sports to accelerate. It's bringing more value for the athletes. It's supporting safeguarding needs we have in sports. So we have all of those field of plays that tech is energizing that's going to be um, promoted in front of all the right holders that are not yet there. So for that reason, we are very happy that um, uh, tech for sports could be very much uh, promoted. The second aspect is sport for good. You mentioned, David, uh, earlier on that um, we are moving in the tech zone. But at the end of the day, tech and for good are not opposed. Tech for sport for good mm -hmm. is a way. Innovation for sport for good is a way. So 70% of our agenda is about sport for good. 
So this is a second big part of a legacy, this port for good approach in front of a large economy, not just the ones that believe in sports, not just the ones that believe in climate uh, fights, not just the ones that believe in social integration, mm -hmm. normal economy, normal leaders, that suddenly we realize the power of sports and how important it is to use sport as a vehicle on those big fights. So that's why we are very happy that the sport for good energy can be demonstrated in some areas to be very precise. It will be about women and sports. What sport brings to women, what women brings to sports. In the last two years, we realized that the motherhood issues, the mental health issues, what does sport bring to women leadership, which is such an important topic. So all of that is so important. Accessibility. How do we include more people. How sports plays its role of um, bringing people with different backgrounds in the same place and make them understand they could live together in the best way. That is so important in the world of today. And I know, David, that uh, in 2020, we already spotted that it was maybe one of the most important things in sports. And it has become knowing how the society is so segmented for political reasons. Right now, we know that sport and fandom can really make a difference there. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about handicap and how handicap could be completely approached, disability could be completely approached in a new way through the sport lenses, not just in sports, but in the society through the sport vehicle. So that's what is going to be a very important topic. And in a nutshell, uh, we will be talking about the purpose-driven sponsorship. The fact that at the end of the day, the reason why a brand would enter sports is not, not anymore such for the awareness and CRM and data mm -hmm. aspect. It will be a lot more about the purpose aspect, mm -hmm. what it brings to the brand in terms of purpose. So we will tackle those elements that are so precious for sports future because it gives it's another string for the sport instruments to be played. Yeah, absolutely. These these are really big questions that you bring up, right? Like these are enormous questions that you know not just the sport industry is grappling with, but you know many different industries and many different sectors are are struggling with. Um, you know, the, the, you're talking about gender equality, um, people with disabilities and their inclusion. You know, climate change, like all these different uh, you know societal like you know enormous issues. So. I, I guess I'm now I'm curious to know, like, what do you think the challenges are for sport in include or, you know, uh, tackling these, these talk, like talking about these issues, like, talk, like how, how do sport, how will the sport industry grapple with, um, with, in, you know, changing, you know, changing the direction, changing the needle, uh, focusing their progress on these important topics? Yeah, um, I would say first thing is that sport is connected to society. Because sports has become Hollywood, <laughs> in a sense, mm -hmm. because of a star system, because of social networks, because of the biggest shows that become even more bigger, even bigger uh, as, time, as time goes. 
even if sport is Hollywood and has a great power of influence, even that, that's the moment where sports needs to be very connected to real society and make sure you understand what really what people think, what people do, and what the governments need to tackle. Otherwise, you're completely in your bubble and you're completely non-relevant. And we this happened in the past when uh, the Beatles said that maybe they were the John Lennon who said, I think I'm more popular than Jesus. <laughs> he realized suddenly that he was talking to people who believe in God and so were so crazy that he said that. And suddenly was not relevant just because he said that. And sport has, has to make sure that he continue to grow his influence, but at the same time stays very connected to the, what is the most important in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's magic. So that's what we love about this event this year. It's not sports talking to sports. It's sport talking to society and to economy and understand what is at stake. Mm-hmm. So I think that's maybe the, mo- the most important thing for sports, be connected. Also, sports need to embrace the diversity in a way that uh, he never thought he would need to bother. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because poverty is enormous and sports talks to people whatever their wealth. Because gender equality is such an important topic right now that sport needs to understand what it is to be women, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, LGBT cause, it's so important in the world of today that sports need to understand what is the right approach, what is the right attitude, what are the right rules. Because sport is so important in education, you need to understand what it means when you're 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 year old and you are entering the sport field of play what makes you happy, what makes you stressed, and how sport should adapt, maybe, to bear his responsibility. So all of all those fields of plays I'm just describing now show that sport has such a responsibility and that it needs to be connected to all of those topics with experts that are not in sport, mm-hmm. that know about this. So. At the end of the day, to answering your question as well, is sports needs more collective approach, more systemic approach to the equation the society needs to solve. Mm. It needs to embrace more talents, more collective, more expertise, take them on board, and then uh, use its power in the right direction. Mm-hmm. That makes that makes me think of uh, the sustainable development goal number seventeen, like the partnerships for the goals, right? Uh, you know, more collective action, more collective uh, collaboration between all partners, you know, between sport and those outside of sport to addressing these, you know, the, the these issues that you've identified and that you'll talk about at Global Sports Week and, and really dive into more um, over yeah. the four days. Um, yeah, so that that's really what it makes me think of a lot and how yes, you, you know, we we sport as itself, you know, we can do a lot of things really well, right? There's a huge power of sport. And so how can we maximize that? How can we connect with other people? How can we collaborate 
to further that reach, to further that impact, um, to, you know, to, yeah, to really, you know, change, change the world <laughs> through, through sport and through innovation. And yeah, I, I, yeah, I totally agree with everything you're saying. And I think that's, um, really important for Global Sports Week to be thinking about more and, and the, the leaders of sport to be connecting with those outside of sport. Exactly. And we have uh, one strong symbol is that, David, normally what happens when you have a, a panel, you have four experts. They would talk five minutes each, seven minutes each, 30 minutes. Done. Go back to network, go back to the Uber, and that's done. Such a pity. Because those four people, if you put them in a room, with 15 or 20 people that are very expert, very close to their topics. You close the door, open talk, being clear about where are the bugs, where are the limits, where are the where is the most important things to do, suddenly you can accelerate. And that's what we're gonna do. For example, we will take four sailing leaders which in the world of sailing understand what is sustainability issue. So they're going to talk for 20 minutes. But what we're going to do after this is those four people plus 20 others will get into a scrum room, as we say, to discuss together how we can make it more collective. What needs to change in the coming three months, six months, so that there is more impact for 2024 sailing race agenda. Uh, and, and we want to make that as much as we can. Amazing. You talk, but after you meet. Yeah. I think that's so, so that important. Can... That's so important. And, and close door. And close door. Because at the end of the day, you can say, the bug is here. The bug is clearly here, right? If we are all agree on this, let's fight the bug. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And I think, yeah, that's definitely, I, I guess, I don't know. I yeah, definitely different a different approach to how these conversations are being done and you know making sure that those there are those follow-up conversations and that those 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 actions and key takeaways that everyone can actually take back to their own day-to-day, -day, you know, their you know, their own jobs, daily their their own daily work and implement that and you know move the needle forward and accelerate the change and the impact and, and the innovation happening in 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 and through sport. Um so yeah, Cedric, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I have one final question for you that I think is really relevant to uh, Global Sports Week. And we, we talked about it a little bit throughout already, but what do you think is the power of sport? Hmm. The power of sports is the, the sensation you get since you're a child when you are in a sport moment and that never leaves you. Because of the connection you do, because of the feeling that you can achieve things in your life through this example of scoring a goal, that you can change the results because you work hard or change your tactics, that you can make a difference by understanding a teammate type of play or an opponent type of play. This is 
the best thing that can happen to you in life mm -hmm. in terms of happiness, in terms of efficiency, in terms of getting together. And at the end of the day, you know, we know that human, they like to be happy, they like to win, and they like to be together. So sports gives you the tools and the moments and the ones that jump into sports have more than the others, those moments and tools. So that's for me, the power of sports. Amazing. I think that is a absolutely beautiful place to end this on that note. That's a really great message. And I totally, I really relate to that um, sentiment. And I think it's a really powerful sentiment that, that a lot of people listening will, will relate to. So um, yes, thank, Cedric, thank you so much for coming on. I know you're very busy again, um, but I'm looking forward to following along the conversations and, and seeing how we can collaborate and change the, the future of sport together. It was a pleasure, David. Talk to you soon. That was our conversation with Cedric. We did it about a week before Global Sports Week started to provide a quick brief and overview of what people could expect at this year's Global Sports Week. Next up is Rithik Sinha, who is a young sport maker this year, and he came to us live from Global Sports Week on day two of the event. So he just provided us a quick overview of what he was hearing, what he was expecting sport leaders to focus on for the future of sport, and what he believes the power of sport is. Rithik, could you introduce yourself quickly for us? I'm a 23-year-old. I'm from India. And uh, I'm basically, I was doing my master's here in sports management at uh, KH Business School. And uh, now I just finished it, so it's the time I'll be entering the sports industry again. Uh, had a few internships here and there, but it's time to start my career for a good run now. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So, um, so how how has it been being a young sport maker at Global Sports Week this year? I know you know I always look back very fondly on my experience as a young sport maker in 2020. Um, so what what has it been like this year? What have you been hearing? What have you been seeing? Uh, give us some of your top highlights from, from Global Sports Week. Well, firstly, um, you know, I've been to different conferences. I've met people around in the sports industry. It's, uh, I've had a more international background myself because I've uh, moved from place to around to around. But I have absolutely never experienced such, a amazing, uh, such an amazing conference, which is really connecting such massive entities in the sports world. And it is really so impressive because uh, it's clearly um, it's cl clearly creating this huge network and it's uh, it's really impressive to see. And someone for me, uh, a young sports maker who is really passionate about sports, different kinds of sports, I'm just really excited to be here because uh, I can tell you more about like the place. It's just uh, you don't not only have just like, you know, the different entities of uh, the sports industry, like, you know, people coming from all the sports organizations we follow um, might be UEFA. I had a talk with someone from the NBA yesterday. Uh, right now I was in a conference uh, attending from the Paris Olympics. Uh, and he was talking with uh, someone with the innovation hub as well. So they were kind of digitalizing and uh, making the, making like, giving a new touch to the Paris Olympics uh, compared to the previous ones, which have happened you know, from year to year. But uh, yeah, it's really impressive to see you've got a tons of uh, different startups and you can see that AI is really taking over and people are really innovating their businesses and uh, kind of making it more. There's a new era for uh, not even not, not only sports and uh, various uh, industries for sure, but it's great to see the kind of technology that they're using 
uh, and integrating with sports as well. And mm-hmm. something I really, really like to see as well is that you can't really see that in startups as of now, but uh, you know, the powers and the companies who have been in the sports industry for a while, they are actually really taking care of the sustainability and the green energy that they're putting in their businesses as well. And, um, you know, if you look at France, if you come to France ever, uh, especially in the next one year, you're really going to see everything's becoming, you know, when it, when it's when it's obviously uh, a big sports competition like the World Cup or Olympics going on, the whole year is just going to uh, revolve around that. The whole, every single uh, other industry is going to try to get in touch of the like, Olympics as well. So you can see a lot of uh, sustainability and innovation happening with the Paris Olympics as well. And they're really focusing a lot uh, of that in this conference. And uh, yeah, it's just really impressive to see the, how, how many people have uh, showed up for this event for sure. They've really expanded their network. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I was always really impressed by the caliber of you know the speakers and the people and the participants at Global Sports Week. And I think it was, um, you know, they, they do you know, it really lives up to its name as the global rendezvous for sport industry leaders. So I think it's really impressive. Um, yeah, they, the, the event that they put on each year and, and I guess like the ideas that they, that they present, um, I find them really, um, I really, I find them, find the ideas really forward looking and, and they, they really challenge the status quo and, um, it really kind of try, you know, shakes up what the sport industry is about and what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you, what do you personally think that sport leaders need to think about when they're addressing the future of sport? Um, well, if you, if you kind of look at it with any sports organization, you got to, um, it's kind of the two phases that you really cover on is one is basically, uh, the brand image that you're going to have. You obviously need to take care of your brand regardless of the, the sport you're in the industry. And in fact, but the other part that you really take care of is the performance bit. Um, trying to make sure if you're like a team, you're really up there with and you're competing at a high level. And that's really going to be a well-balanced one. But uh, the third phase, which is going to be the next arrow, in my opinion, is going to be the sustainability. And this is going to be something that's, it's, it's, I, to be honest, it's really been taking lightly with a lot of uh, countries and they're not doing it up to the level because I feel the sustainability is really going to be, become a huge concern for us in the next coming years for sure. And uh, so just so that we doesn't really um, bite us hard, we really have to take care of that and be considered that the operational um, usage of whatever energy we're having, we have to take care of sustainability and we need to prepare ourselves for the, what's the next uh, decade going to be like. Um, yeah. But fortunately, you know, the Global Sports Week is really putting a lot of emphasis on that. So I'm really glad to see uh, as a young sports speaker that that's really been uh, taken care of. I mean, from what I can see, you know, if not everyone, at least uh, the major parties, they're actually doing it. And, you know, the major parties have to make a change because they're the ones who can really influence not only just us fans or uh, athletes as well, but everybody. They they get to influence other companies as well because they kind of set a benchmark, right? Um Apart from that, I would say that I hope the leaders are like really speaking to understand that we as the young sports makers are here for a reason. So they I hope they can really like try to get our thoughts and opinions and 
because we are the future of sports because we are the because we are the youth of the sports and uh, we definitely have something to give and the industry has to be open to evolving and not evolving in their own certain ways but accepting of our ways too because uh, you know we have something to give for sure mm-hmm. absolutely and, uh, yeah, I mean, when I say that, like, I'm just glad that we as sports market, we are all getting a chance to speak. We've been called up on the panel and uh, we've all been given topics here and there to speak up on and debate of, of, with these, uh, with the head of these organizations. And uh, we get to challenge their uh, topics and get to debate our opinions as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for, like, so for example, my talk is tomorrow and I have a talk on luxury mm-hmm. and sports. And that is something that uh, has a heavy it has a huge part of my life because I, I'm major into partnership and sponsorship. And I believe that uh, sports is a major industry that's really connecting different industries as well. So people are wanting to invest in sports all the time. So I'm glad to really voice up my opinions on that. Awesome. Yeah. I, I hope your talk goes well. So good luck, but um, yeah, no, I, I think that the uh, young sport makers are really key on, you know, um, yeah, challenging and pushing that conversation even further and you know just what global sports week really wanted to do so yeah i think the young sport makers are really are really important in this whole and the whole um you know atmosphere of global sports week so it's incredible that you're there and it's awesome that you that you were able to go and do this i um, thank you yeah I, I i know yeah i i always you know i always talk about my experience as a young sport maker so i hope that you you know really enjoy your time as well that you learn a lot and that um that it takes that you know you that um yeah, that you always, you know, that you take away lots of things that you've learned and everything. But yeah, I mean, um, uh, feel free. I mean, I'm, I'm. It's, it is my, it is at the end of the day, a new experience for me. So if you yeah. have any tips or recommendations, you should uh, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we can connect after we're after yeah. after Global Sports Week for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, so I guess I'm. I'm also curious to know what um, what challenges do you think that sport the sport industry faces on you know, implementing some of those things that you talked about, right? So uh, performance, sustainability, um, and just off the top of my head, I'm, I'm forgetting what the very first thing that you said was, but, uh, you know, how, how, what are the challenges that the sport industry has in um, implementing those? No, I mean, uh, like you said, I've already covered sustainability and I'm not going to uh, dive into that again. But uh, one of the other things which I feel that really can be, um, given importance to by like a sports organization, I feel it can be um, globalization because uh, you know I'm I'm coming from different different places and I've had uh, the experience and I'm grateful to see how different people and different cultures uh, work around their ways. Now, when I'm living in France um, and Europe in that way has been a bit um, inclusive, right? You know. Um, uh, they like to do it in their own styles and they like to keep it like uh, minimal that way. But then at the end of the day, it's going to, it's going to restrict them. So um, luckily uh, the companies and organizations uh, in the sports world, they're, they're working towards a more global world, but yeah, we, everyone's got to be open to not just uh, restricting their uh, audience or for example, just working their ways and just the limit or looking after people uh, in their region, like you got to make sure that you're connected. The you know sports is just like how I say uh, luxury and sport. Like you're gonna be connected with partnerships and uh, sponsorships mm-hmm. that way. There's gonna be some way to really connect the people outside the uh, your region as well because 
nowadays it's not just sports about just coming to the stadiums. Uh, sports has become more than just like going to a stadium. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, another major concern I think can be that um, I mean it's, it's crazy how like that's the magic about sports, and that's why we love sports because we can't ever get enough of it, and that's the beauty of it that it gets more and more people in it. But the fact that when you get so much love and so much uh, demand for like a, a certain thing that way, it becomes more and more commercial. And as it gets more commercial and there's more money coming in in sports, it's good in a way. But at the end of the day, I feel that is really going to take it away from the um, importance of fans. Like you, you got to give fans that priority um, and mm. you can't, they can't be forgotten. So when you're going more and more commercial, I feel... Uh, from what I can see, if I take a step back and look at the sports world that way, it uh, it gets hard for it, you know. Uh, this is like for me, for example, like I'm a college student. All of us, we, we want to explore various sports and go dive into like you know, uh, football, other sports. That way. It get when it gets more and more commercial, it gets harder to be in touch with the sport uh, at the end of the day. So I hope that that doesn't really get out of control like you know it shouldn't it shouldn't mm-hmm. be just the only luxury world mm-hmm. and kind of uh, takes me to my next point because like the biggest asset in sport is emotion and uh, from personal from a personal take like I completely understand how important the business uh, aspect and the commercial aspect of uh, the sport industry is but uh I think I have a vision which uh, really balances the mix between um, emotion and commerce, right? Like it's got to uh, go hand in hand about uh, taking care of uh, the emotion side of uh, fans as well as the commercial side of businesses uh, coming into sports. Mm-hmm. No, those are definitely really important challenges that you know the sport industry needs to grapple with and needs to um, to understand when, especially when they're thinking about you know the the future of sport and. Um, and thinking about you know how innovation and technology can even um, you know play with those things and help and help uh, you know solve some of those challenges that you and those concerns that you bring up. Um, but yes, absolutely, those are those are definitely really interesting concerns that they need to um, be focused on. So my final question for you, so I can you know you can go back to uh, you know, Global Sports Week since you're coming at us live. But uh, what do you believe the power of sport is? Um. I think the biggest power, once again, I have to say that the bigger power of uh, biggest power of sports is that like emotion that way. Um, you know, a lot a lot of businesses that way they they might not have that, but sports is uh in the, it's an undying industry because it'll always have emotion that way, and that's what brings the fans closer. That's what brings um, passion to the industry, and that's what makes other industries uh, partner up with sports as well because. We just know, like, even when you look at the in the sense of uh, COVID, um, the one of the first very first things that people were craving for and actually made a comeback was sports. I mean, we had closed doors, uh, we had closed door stadiums at that point, but everyone was just so happy just to see uh, a football match coming in. Bundesliga came back ASAP, and we just like, thank God, at least there's sports. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's the biggest power of sports for me. Awesome. Well. Rithik, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, I know this was, you know, nice and quick. And, you know, you, I, uh, you know, I want you to get back to Global Sports so you can experience the whole thing. So 
Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to, out of your day to to speak with me. I really appreciate it. Not a problem, David. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, I hope to stay in touch with you. Thank you to Cedric and Terrific for coming on the podcast to talk about global this edition of Global Sports Week. Now, my key takeaway from this episode is that, and you know, I don't I don't want to go too too in depth into it because obviously the conversations are still happening in Paris right now in at Global Sports Week. But I just think that there's definitely more space and more capacity in sport for innovation and technology. The sports sector needs to be leveraging these tools to help be more impactful. So. What do you think? Is there space for innovation in tech and sport? That is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening and we will talk with you next time.